Well, there is now. Join me, and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son. Was Star Wars the one with the little wizard boy? Welcome to Rogue One Radio, your source for sweet jams and conversations about a galaxy far, far away. And now, from the remnants of Jeddah City, it's Rogue One Radio. Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Alright folks, welcome back to Rogue One Radio. This is episode number 27. And I am one half of your host team, Steve, and with me is Charlie. How's it going today? Man, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, I'm telling you. Yeah. So what's been going on with you this week? Oh, man. Uh, Thanksgiving hangover, I'm telling you. Uh <laughs> Between all the food and the cooking and the cleaning afterwards, and now the temperatures are starting to dip here. Uh, you know, it's um, now it, it's pretty crazy, uh, but you know that's all right. It's almost uh, the end of the year, almost Christmas time. It's uh, chugging right along. Hopefully, we'll be able to put 2020 in our rear view and never look back. Yeah. Um, anything you've been uh, reading, watching, anything interesting of note? Oh, uh, well, I'm trying to get through the, uh, Aftermath audiobooks. Uh, I finished the first one and I'm on the second one today. Um, as far as reading, uh, and so my off time, I'm still reading through the Harry Potter, uh, series. So, uh, I'll be well-versed once we hit, uh, Universal, uh, coming up uh, here in a few months uh, for our family vacation, and we're going to go check out Harry Potter World. So that'll be fun. Um, I finished uh, Mafia on the PS4 and oh, am yeah. now on Mafia 2. Um, so replaying that uh, trilogy and its remastered uh, glitchiness, but it's still <laughs> a fun story to play. Um, other than that, yeah, that's about it. Just work and, you know, just trying to keep up with the Joneses here at the house. How about you? You've read the Aftermath trilogy before, haven't you? I have. It's just, I haven't read them in a while. So some of the, uh, details are slipping. I got them from the library. So of course you have to turn them back in. Uh, so it's not like, oh, you know, I don't really remember that one. Let me just pull it off the shelf. Uh, right. so I, I managed to, I uh, had a few credits on audible, uh, and got the first two, uh, here next week. I believe I get my next credit, uh, and I'll pick up the third aftermath and hopefully, uh, just keep plugging along. Yeah. I've got that, uh, app on my iPhone. Um, uh, it's called Libby where you can, um, you can borrow, You've got to, you've got to hook it into your library system, uh, but you can borrow audiobooks there, and um, you can you can also borrow uh, 
ebooks. So if you've got like a tablet, you can you can mm. read them on there through that same thing. So I, I do a lot of my books uh, that way. Um, I am currently reading through uh, Twilight, or no, not Twilight Company, uh, Infernal Squad. Um, I've got that one on on the Libby, and I'm I'm reading. Uh, I say reading. I'm uh, I'm listening to it, listening to the audio book of that one. Uh, and I'm actually, I want to say I'm about eighty percent done with it. Nice. So, so I'm, I don't have much to go on that one. Um, I am also reading a certain point of view Empire Strikes Back, uh, the new one. Um, I I pre-ordered it and got it when it came out, but then uh, uh, Joey confiscated it, so uh, <laughs> I couldn't read it until I got to it. Um, so I'm reading those two. I just finished reading. Um, we talked about it last week. I actually I read the. Uh, Part one of the Dune graphic novel. Oh yes, the one we last week we were talking about the uh, uh, supposed to be a faithful interpretation of the novel, and mm -hmm. uh, so I read. I've just finished last night reading book one of that one. Um, apparently, book two doesn't come out until twenty twenty two. Oh wow! So that's yeah, that's crazy. Um, reading, is there anything else I'm reading? Oh, I just started reading, um, an old Legends Star Wars comic book. Uh, I've, I've read it before, but it's been, oh God, I don't know how many years it's been since I've read it. Uh, but I found it on my, uh, my Comixology app. It's, um, an old Tales of the Jedi, uh, the Frieden Nad Uprising. Oh, Yeah. So I've been reading that. Um, what else have I been doing? Um, oh, video games. So I finally finished Watch Dogs, the original one. Uh, I started to play The Last of Us. And I really, unfortunately, could not get into it. It was, it was moving really slow. And the gameplay, it's really just the gameplay is really slow to me. Um, the story seems really cool. Uh, but I don't, I don't really want to sit on my PlayStation and just watch a game, which is what I felt like I was doing. Like, I, it's almost like I didn't need my controller. I was just watching the game happen. Uh, with with a few spots here and there where I actually did something. Um, so I quit playing that, and um, a couple of weeks ago, I had uh, bought on sale at the PlayStation Store the uh, Assassin's Creed Ezio collection. Uh, so I actually started playing Assassin's Creed 2 again. Um, actually, I've never, I never played it on the PlayStation 4. I had that... Uh, I don't think I played that since I had my Xbox 360. Um, so I've been playing that, and um, right about the same time, I actually I think I also bought 
uh, Watch Dogs 2, but I haven't jumped into that one yet. Oh, I know what else I've done on video games. I did I did get back onto Fallout 76 for a little bit uh, because of that Brotherhood of Steel um, update. Oh, yeah. They're calling it an update rather than a DLC. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, I guess in a way it's not really DLC because you're playing it. If you're on Fallout 76, you don't have the option not to download it. <laughs> it's just you have to download okay. it. Um, so uh, that one, it was actually was not supposed to come out until like this week or next week. Sometime in December mm-hmm. it wasn't supposed to come out. Uh, but through some sort of accident, it got released. <laughs> huh, interesting. Um, so I played through that. Uh, you know, it, it add, added a new storyline with the Brotherhood of Steel and added a few cosmetic things. But um, I got on there and I played the uh, the new Brotherhood of Steel uh, storyline in it. Uh, and I finished that in one night. So it wasn't really all that huge. It was it was cool. I liked it. It just it was kind of short. Um, huh. But yeah, that's that's pretty much my week reading and playing video games and getting ready to do another episode here uh, oh yeah so we will be talking about the newest episode sorry chapter of the mandalorian uh that'd be chapter 13 the jedi uh we've got our top five list coming up later in the show uh which may take up quite a bit of time um, and we've got our news segment that we will go over. Uh, but before we jump into that, let's go ahead and take a pause and do our first musical break. Um, this one is from a band called Somerset Thrower. Uh, they re- just released an album, um, in November called Paint My Memory. Uh, And the song is called Too Rich to Die.
All right. That was Too Rich to Die by Somerset Thrower. And we'll have some more music coming up for you later in the show. Uh, But now it is time for our news segment. Um, It was actually not a very news-heavy week. No, not at all. Yeah, so most of the news that ended up in our in our rotation was uh, stuff that happened here within the last couple of days. It was it's just it was weird how much li- how little news there was. Uh, so the first thing I've got it's non Star Wars related, but it is uh, regarding uh, Super Nintendo World, which is a theme park uh, put out by Universal Studios Japan. So uh, unless you um, are able to get to Japan anytime soon, you may not get to go to the opening, which will be February 4th. Um, So Super Mario World, Super, no, no, not Super Mario World, Super Nintendo World uh, is a Nintendo themed uh, theme park. Uh, and will, according to the article found on uh, DIS Universal, um, it will bring to life Nintendo's legendary world characters and adventures. Uh, It's going to include a Mario Kart attraction, so that will be cool, uh, as well as restaurants, shops, and other experiences. And apparently the cost of admission um, is 32... Hundred. Uh, I'm guessing that's yen. Hmm. Um. So that would be about thirty dollars. That's not bad. Uh, wow. Except you've got to go to Japan to do it. So. Um. So yeah, it's going to be. Uh, it's a. It's a. A theme park, and and according to the article, it's it's a. It's like a uh, interactive theme park because you have. Uh, things you can collect as you um, go through the park and you, know, you can gather keys and uh, it, it says uh, keep score via a special application. So apparently it's like a contest as you're going through this immersive new theme park. Uh, so the, hmm. I've got some pictures here. Um, I will put the link this in the show notes uh, so that you can see the pictures that we found. There's pictures of the the Mario Kart experience as well as the Yoshi's Adventure experience. Uh, And I guess it's showing the the wristbands and the app that you get to play with as you're going through the park. So that looks kind of cool if you are a Nintendo fan. Yeah, it Um, sounds cool. Yeah, it does. I'm. I mean, if I you know, I've been to Japan once, but uh, you know, if I ever decide to go again, that'd be kind of cool to go see. Um, second piece of news we have is a, an update on the Disney Plus Hawkeye series, um, starring uh, Jeremy Renner from the uh, MCU movie series. Um, apparently, the series is going to begin filming. In New York this week, um, and this was uh, an article printed yesterday by ComingSoon.net, so I'm assuming that means uh, this week. <laughs> um, 
they're going to be doing some filming in Brooklyn. And according to other reports, they part of Kate Bishop has been cast. And uh, where's it at? Uh, oh, uh, Haley Steinfeld is uh, supposed to be the uh, the casting choice for Kate Bishop. Uh, and Kate Bishop, of course, is from the Hawkeye comic book series, who um, ultimately becomes Hawkeye after uh, mm-hmm. after Clint Barton retires. Um, so I, I'm actually looking forward to that. In fact, it's one. It's probably the MCU TV show, or at least one of the MCU TV show, shows that I am most looking forward to. Um, yeah. I agree. I think uh, Hawkeye is one of the more underrated uh, superheroes uh, or members of the uh, Avengers team. Uh, it, he really held uh, the moral compass, uh, whether it was uh, you know good or bad. You know, he he always had that good middle ground. Uh, and yeah, it's a great character. I can't wait to see what they do with it. Well, you know, and the most and the really cool thing about it uh, about his uh, character is he was uh, between him and Natasha, uh, they were the most uh, human characters. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could you could put Tony Stark in there, but he had he had a suit of armor. So he, you know, he was just the only about Natasha and, and Hawkeye, really all they had is their skills. They had mm-hmm. skills, you know, they didn't have powers. They didn't have super suits. They just had skills. Um, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. Um, and all right. So what's our uh, what's our next piece of news? Well, if you'll remember uh, last week's uh, Mandalorian episode that was with, I believe it was last week's one, yeah. Uh, I'm going through uh, Mandalorian uh, trauma because of uh, this last episode and everything is kind of a little bit detached. But uh, but yeah, when uh, we had, um, it was the directorial debut of... Uh, Carl Weathers, uh, and there was a shot in there that was inadvertently left in. And if you'll remember, uh, you know, it's uh, the latest thing was, man, I'm going to be Gene's guy uh, for uh, for uh, the next celebration uh, or a Comic-Con. I'm just going to go as Gene's guy because in one shot you see uh, in an inverted uh, uh, guy standing in the background partially hidden by a door and you just see his uh, the edge of his jeans and a watch, and that has since been removed by Disney Plus. Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of disappointing. Uh, even Carl Weathers was having fun with uh, with it on uh, Twitter. Uh, you know, and I, you know, he did such a great job. I would have just left it. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those you know things that happen from time to time, uh, and it, it was absolutely uh, great to have uh, something different to discuss. Uh, so yeah, uh, but unfortunately, uh, it, it will have to live on either in cosplay or in 
uh, internet uh, infamy because it is no longer uh, able to be viewed on Disney+. Plus. So the next bit of news that I have uh, is uh, also non-Star Wars related per se. Uh, but it is uh, a project that is done by Lucasfilm, and I believe is going to be on Disney Plus as well. Um, and uh, it had to do with an article uh, that uh, Warwick Davis had on the Willow sequel. And it was a really cool uh, article. It was on geektyrant.com. Uh, and it says, uh, Warwick Davis discusses the Willow sequel series and what he hopes to see in the story. Uh, so we've already know that, uh, that it's being produced by Ron Howard, uh, directed by, Do- uh, John Chu. It's, uh, takes place after the events of the original Willow, uh, with, uh, new characters and, uh, of the, uh, realm that, you know, it's, so it's not anything that's going to be. Uh, strange to us, you know, that those of us that have seen Willow, uh, and it will take, uh, you know, uh, you know, of course the hero will be, uh, Willow of good, uh, which is performed by Warwick Davis, who is in every star Wars movie. Uh, he's also in Harry Potter as well, but, uh, great actor, great guy. It seems like from everything that I've read, uh, on him, by him, um, uh, so it, it just looks really cool. Uh, you know, when we last left him off, he was just beginning to grow uh, in his power and uh, would love to see him actually pull off some really cool stuff. Cool. Um, you know, it's funny. I actually... Uh... I actually did not watch that movie in its entirety uh, until like right after uh, it was launched on uh, Disney Plus. Mm. So I, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't actually. I mean, I guess I was uh, either very late last year or very early this year. I had never actually watched it all the way through. Uh, but we sat down as a, as a family and watched it. Uh, and, uh, I thought I had watched it all the way through, but we're, you, you know, we're sitting there watching it and I'm like, I don't remember this part. Maybe I didn't actually watch this, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's good. It'd be interesting to see what they're going to do with the Disney plus series. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Disney plus, um, the, uh, Top the, the list of top streaming shows, uh, uh, according to uh, Nelson ratings, was released recently, uh, and and our show the the Mandalorian uh, actually made number three of the top ten streaming shows. Uh, it was beat by the number one streaming show, um, The Queen's Gambit. Uh, and number two was The Office. Now, I, I do want to point out that this this was a, a list of most viewed shows 
in the week of October 26th. Um, huh, interesting. So, yeah, so The Queen's Gambit I have not seen. Uh, the Office is that TV series, which uh, a lot of people really love that show, and I've seen maybe four or five episodes. I, I just, I wasn't as into it as a lot of other people are. Um, but The Mandalorian hit number three. Interestingly enough, as I look at this top ten list, um, everything is Netflix except for The Mandalorian. Huh, that's interesting. And, yeah, so uh, so it was cool to see uh, see The Mandalorian up there on, uh, on the top uh, of some of these other shows. Uh, it beat out shows like Schitt's Creek, Grey's Anatomy, NCIS. Wow. There's a lot of people watching these old shows, aren't there? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Um, yeah, well, Grey's Anatomy is still going. Um, oh, that's I right. Think that's that, right. Yeah, they're, they're on like season 16 or 17, I think, of that one. Um, yeah, NCIS is still going. That show. What's that? My old, my oldest daughter and her husband watched that show uh, fairly religiously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, once they put out a new season on Netflix, my wife and I watch it. Um, so it's. I think, uh, I, I think I watched maybe the first season, but it wasn't really my thing. Um, yeah. Besides yeah, the Mandalorian. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's something that we can do. Uh, I, I have a uh, I have a, a small uh, video screen uh, mounted to the side of the bed, uh, and you know when when we retire for the evenings and my wife wants to watch some TV or whatnot, she could watch it on the main TV, and I have my gaming system right there next to the bed, and we could still she could watch <laughs> her shows. Uh, you know, and I could watch along with her and still play my games. So, Genius. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, it, it helps. And yeah, I started just kind of listening in and it's, that's one of the strong points of that show is that, uh, the more that you listen in, the more you're like, you get caught up on what's going on and yeah, yeah. it's, uh, and of course she does the same with, uh, without any of the star Wars as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll I'll watch a Star Wars or a Marvel thing. That's not normally her thing, but when uh, you know, let's watch the next one. Okay, yeah, sure. You know, so we'll watch it st- a lot of stuff together. Yeah, my my wife doesn't like Star Wars, so she doesn't watch that stuff with me. <laughs> um, the show that she and I watch together uh, is an old. Well, I say old. It's not crazy old. Uh, but it's a show that ran from 2015 to 2019. I think there were five seasons. Uh, it's called Blind Spot. Sounds familiar. And it was. It has the main character is played by uh, Jamie Alexander, who played Lady Sif in the Thor movies. Um. So yeah, we're I yeah there were uh, there were five seasons. I think we're in season number two, so we're not 
too heavy into it yet. Um, but, well, that almost wraps up our news section. Our last piece of news that we wanted to um, kind of save, save for the last here uh, is regarding a, uh, as far as, I mean, I think, a very well-known Star Wars talent. Um, mm-hmm. So we would be remiss in not uh, mentioning this in memory. Um, actor uh, David Prowse, uh, who was the actor uh, that actually wore the suit in the original uh, trilogy. Uh, I, I mean, as we all know, you know, James Earl Jones provided the voice, uh, but David Prowse actually was the person walking around in the suit and doing the uh, doing most of the stunts. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, it's uh, kind of just sad to announce that he did die recently um, at the age of 85. Um, and uh, I guess he, uh, it, it doesn't, the, the article that I'm reading from Jedi Insider doesn't list a cause of death, but it does, does say that he had, uh, he was suffering from, a, from an illness at the time. Um, mm. Now, did you know, I, I actually hadn't put two and two together, but do you know he was in the movie A Clockwork Orange? Yes. Uh, and that's how he got the role of Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so um, that was interesting. I was, I've, you know, I've seen that movie a couple times. I didn't realize that was David Prowse uh, playing the bodyguard in that movie. Um. But yeah, so you uh, you have anything to add to that? Oh well, yeah, it's uh, you know unfortunately it seems like uh, him and George Lucas had a falling out, uh, and we didn't really get to see uh, too much more of him after uh, after that. Uh, I heard he was just a you know a great guy from some of the uh, people I've talked to that uh, do uh the conventions and whatnot um so but yeah and i had no idea uh especially through the original trilogy uh when it first came out that the person doing the voice was not the person that was inside Mm -hmm. uh you know inside i i just thought it was the same person and you know then of course as you get older then you're like well why wasn't it and uh you know and you know, I love the uh, James Earl Jones voice, but I, I think it would have been cool to have some something with uh, David Prowse other than uh, just the guy in the suit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, sad news for uh, Star Wars fans. Um, you know, it's uh, wish we could have gotten a little bit more. Yeah. So our, our thoughts go out to uh, the family of David Prowse mm-hmm. and uh, rest in peace. Absolutely. All right. So um, next up, we're going to do our discussion of Chapter 13 of The Mandalorian uh, right after this next musical break. Um, this is from a band that I... I actually accidentally came across uh, called the Angry Leases, uh, and and the reason they their name uh, even popped up, is, and I don't remember what I was searching for, 
but the name of the song we're going to be playing is called Twin Sons. Uh, and nice. oh, I know how I I know how I came across them. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we played a song by a band called FOD. Yes. And, uh, FOD had mentioned us on their. Uh, it was either their Facebook or their Twitter page. It had to have been Facebook. Uh, and the Anger Leases uh, commented on it and said, hey, you should listen to uh, Twin Sons. Uh, because the, the discussion was that FOD was saying, oh, we've, we've made it on to a Star Wars podcast. So that's one mark off our, our bucket list kind of thing. And, and so they yeah. came on and said, hey, uh, we've got this song called Twin Sons. So I checked it out. And uh, it does come off of a new album that they just put out in October called Slate Violet. Uh, and so, yeah, this is Twin Sons by The Angry Leases. Sunrise 
That was Twin Sons by the Angry Lisas. And it is that time. We are going to talk about Chapter 13 of The Mandalorian. What an episode. Oh, where to begin? That was, uh... You know, I gotta say, a couple of days before the episode hit, or the episode dropped, I saw something about the the title being the Jedi. I thought it was a uh, it was a fan prank. Mm. I thought it was some kind of prank. Somebody put it out. Okay, it's called the Jedi. Um, but yeah, from the beginning of the episode, uh, my my mouth dropped. Just I I didn't I had no words. Uh, you know, you get that first look of of uh, Rosario Dawson as uh, I mean. You see, you're you're looking at a live action Ahsoka within like the first ten seconds of the show, and it's just like I had, I was speechless. I was like, oh, 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 okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, uh, I, I was right there with you. Uh, in fact, I was, uh, I was typing in our Red Five group on Twitter. Uh, because a few a few of the group had already seen it, and they're like, "Oh wow, wait till you see this! It's it's amazing, no spoilers." Uh, and uh, I was like, "Man, I'm really hesitant about even watching it, just because I knew the title, I knew what, what we were going to see." And I said, "All right, now I'm going for it." And then I watched the first ten minutes, and it's the oh what seven and a half eight minutes of that first opening segment before it even flashes to the title screen, <laughs> and I paused it, and my wife was there uh, next to me, and she's like, "Well, what's wrong?" I'm like, "I'm just trying to digest what I just saw." Yeah, and yeah. she's like, she looked at me, you know, uh, kind of funny, but you know, uh, when you have a character that has only been animated and you get that first glimpse of it. And yeah. my first, I think my first response are, uh, in our chat group was, well, that answers the question whether or not Rosario Dawson can pull it off. Yeah. Cause she did with flying colors and oh wow. Gosh. What a great, what a great episode. Like, other than the voice, which I thought I was going to have a problem with. Because it's not the voice of Ahsoka. I thought right. I was going to have a problem with that, but I didn't. It was just so, like, oh my gosh, spot on. It was just amazing. Uh, and to see, you know, you're talking about a, a very popular Star Wars character. Uh, it's my second favorite of all Star Wars characters, beating out anybody else in the original trilogy. Now, I do remember there was some discussion on, I, I want to say it was Facebook, uh, one of the groups that I, I get on, one of the Star Wars groups I get on, uh, somebody was saying, somebody had made a comment about uh, 
you know, the whoever wrote this episode doesn't know Ahsoka. And he, that person got <laughs> jumped on so bad. It's like, you do realize the person that wrote this episode is the person that created Ahsoka. So you just opened up a can of worms, sir. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. That's somebody that had no idea. No clue. Uh, you know, I wonder how many people or what percentage of the people that are watching The Mandalorian have never watched either The Clone Wars or Rebels? Because ah, man. I just wonder, like, you know, go, going back to the Bo-Katan episode and then this one and having no idea who these people are. Like... I couldn't imagine going in and watching the show not knowing the history. Uh, uh, my kids have done that, and uh, because they they like Star Wars, but they're not as big into it as I am. And uh, you know, it's uh, and they get the same same reactions. Like, wow, you know, hey, this is cool, and yeah, like. Uh, well, you know, it's like, and they don't know the whole backstory. So, yeah, a, a lot of people can come into it and uh, and fall right into, uh, you know, right in line with what's going on in the Mandalorian, and the same way that you could with the uh, watching the original trilogy because that was set in the middle. We have no idea what happened before or after at the time. But yeah. it was just a good story and uh, and great visual effects that uh, drove us to become passionate with it uh, and want to learn more. And of course, eventually we did get more. But you know, it's uh, it's yeah, it's 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 a phenomenon. Uh, and I'm guessing that the uptick in Clone Wars and Rebels. Uh, views have probably gone up quite a bit oh, I, since they're yeah. on Disney Plus as well. Imagine, um, yeah. I just thought of that. I haven't even, uh, I don't even know if there's a way to look that up and see if there has been, but I, I would guess that with the character that's this pivotal, pivotal in a uh, streaming show that was number three out of all streaming shows. You know, then you know people are probably going to go search for more stuff and watch the Clone Wars and, and the Rebels as well. You know, I wonder on that same token, I wonder how many people, how many more people are going back to listen or or read rather the uh, the aftermath books just to get an idea of who Cobb Vanth is. Mm. Yeah. Be interesting to know. Um, so I'll tell you what. Why don't you go ahead and give us a a, a brief plot synopsis? Uh, keep in mind, folks, that if you have not watched Chapter 13 uh, of The Mandalorian, you probably want to stop the show here because uh, we are not spoiler-free. Yeah, definitely not. Um, it, we are, uh, what, five days out uh, from the yeah, episode? Yeah, if you haven't watched uh, it by dealing- now. Get on it, man. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, p- pause us, go watch it, and then come back, and then you, you'll you'll be caught up to where we are. So, uh, but make sure you come back. 
All right. So, uh, chapter 13, the Jedi, uh, we see, uh, Mando, uh, going to, uh, or, um, it starts with the city of, uh, Calden, uh, on the planet of Corvus, which is where Bo-Katan had told Mando that he needs to go. Uh, and we see this, uh, forest, uh, l- looks charred or, uh, I don't know. I, I looked like uh, something that uh, my first impression was something you'd see on Mustafar. Uh, and there's this annoying alarm bell that's going off and, uh, the troops are gathering up all their weapons and you see these people that are on top watching what's going on. Uh, and then there's all sorts of blaster fire. And then you see the dual white lightsaber of course is mm. Ahsoka's mark. And, uh, we, we, uh, you know, Ahsoka does her thing. Um, dispatches the troops and says that she wants the information. And, um, you know, of course she's met with resistance and she's like, all right, I'll give you a day. And then goes on, uh, disappears, which was absolutely fantastic. Uh, but, uh, the way that they brought her in and out. Um, but then we go back to, uh, Dinjarin, he makes his way uh, onto the planet, makes his way towards the town. Uh, he sees that the townspeople there are suffering, um, and he goes before the magistrate, and she says, "Hey, uh, we have a problem. I need you to go take care of this Jedi." Uh, and uh, so he's like, "All right, well, you know, what do I get out of it?" And uh, and she tells him that uh, she will give him this spear of uh, 100% Beskar uh, if he takes care of her. And so he sets out on his way. Um, and then we have the confrontation as he makes it to. Uh, and Ahsoka attacks uh, Mando before he even really has a chance to, uh, to do anything. They have a brief battle and he's like, hey, wait a minute, you know, Bo-Katan sent me, and then she sees the child. And, you know, so we're just kind of, you know, uh, getting into that. Um, We find out that uh, Ahsoka is able to communicate with uh, with the child. uh, And we learn that the child has a name. And his name is, wait for it, Grogu. <laughs> and uh, he was raised at the, uh, you know, uh, on the Jedi Temple, uh, was uh, saved from Order 66. Uh, and uh, he's been in hiding and has kind of uh, let his powers go to, uh, in a way, to survive. Um, so. Uh, Mando says, Hey, you need, uh, you know, I'm supposed to find you. You're supposed to train him. Uh, that's that. And she says, well, if you help me take care of the magistrate, I'll train, uh, I'll train the child. And he uh, has this iconic line of, uh, you know, uh, a Jedi and a, a Mandalorian working together. Who would expect that? And they go off to, uh, to the town. Yeah. Uh, so Mando goes in. Uh, Ahsoka does ninety percent of the work and dispatches 
<laughs> most of the troops. Uh, you know, so then we're left with a magistrate uh, and her minion, um, and uh, and a couple of assassin uh, droids. Uh, Ahsoka goes off to face the magistrate. But then we have a uh, showdown that was completely 100% Western-filled. Uh, you know, right there in the middle of town, uh, two gunslingers facing off against each other. Uh, Mandalorian Din Djarin versus the minion Lang. Uh, and, uh, of course, Lang tries his best to outwit uh, the Mandalorian, and it does not work, and he's felled. Uh, and then we flash back to the battle between the magistrate and Ahsoka, uh, and Ahsoka finally gets the upper hand and demands the knowledge, uh, you know, the information that she's holding on. And then we get another truth bomb from Ahsoka where she says, where's your master? Where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? And I'm sure everyone that was watching at that same time probably had their mouth drop onto the uh, the floor, and they had to pick I, it up while they just I took whatever did. they could. Uh, that was not expected uh, by me, at least. Um, so uh, you know, after after the battle is over, uh, they uh, release the prisoners. The town is safe. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Din Djarin goes to get the child because he's supposed to leave it with, uh, with Ahsoka to train. And she says, you know, on second thought, um, yeah, no, uh, I'll, I'm not going to do it. Uh, here's what you need to do. You need to go to a, a different planet called Tython, uh, another ancient uh, Jedi temple there, put them on a rock, um, and, uh, you know, uh, Grogu could change. Uh, you know, choose his path, and if he reaches out with the Force, there might be another Jedi that senses his presence and comes searching for him. Uh, and so he takes off with the child, and that's the end of the episode. Very good. Uh, so surprises. Uh, number one, I was surprised that they brought Ahsoka into the series so early. Mm-hmm. Uh, a happy surprise, of course. Um, of course, the, the, the biggest surprise was there at the end uh, with the reveal of what information she's looking for. Um, like you said, my mouth was open wide. Uh, just, yeah, whoa. Uh, okay. Are we going to yeah. get an action thrown? Uh, or is that going to happen season, maybe next season? Or is that going to happen season in three. this much-rumored Ahsoka live-action series? Uh, I think that we'll, we will get him in season three because I don't think that the Ahsoka series will be ready to go yet and they're because they're already working on season three of the mandalorian right so uh so yeah and hers isn't even in pre-production yet um 
or even close to filming. So I, th- I think we'll get a brief glimpse, uh, and then they'll probably take up uh, later. So if we get a live-action Thrawn, does that mean we're going to get a live-action Ezra? We certainly deserve a live-action Ezra. Um, yes. I, I, I think... I don't think we will. So, uh, I, at least not in not in Mandalorian. Uh, there will be a live action Ezra. I believe it will be saved for the Ahsoka series, though. Uh, well, so so Mr. Filoni and, and Mr. Favreau, if you could please give us a live action Grand Admiral Thrawn, I think you will make a lot of people very happy. Absolutely. Um, who do you see now? I've got my pick for who I think should play a live action Thrawn, but who do you think would make a good one? Uh, my top choice uh, would be Benedict Cumberbatch. That's not a bad one. That's not a bad one. I could see that. My top choice would be Michael Fassbender. He would be good as well. He's my number three pick. Uh, Jason Isaacs is my number two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just, oh man, I could, it's just going to be amazing. Okay. So back to surprises. Um, yes, of course the surprise, uh, we get hit, we get the baby's name, uh, and, and surprisingly it doesn't start with a Y. Um, and that was, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised that we were going to get a name because they said all along we will reveal it when the time is right. So I knew yeah. that we were going to get one at some point. Um, uh, his name to me would fall under the appointment category. Um, just because it just it, to me it just didn't fit. We we in the Star Wars universe we've had two others of his species. And they both started with Y. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, all right, it's, it's at least has to, uh, it, if that's, if, if he's not a Yoda or a Yaddle, it's got to be something close to something along those lines. And it just was really odd to me that uh, with the name choice that they picked. They went with that. Yeah. Um, uh, some of the surprises. Really for Yorbert. <laughs> that sounds like a name he would pick. <laughs> but uh, some of the surprises that I had uh, were one were was the um, uh, the artistic choices that they made uh, with uh, the city they were in. It, uh, it it really personified Ahsoka as that Ronin type character Mm, uh and so the city that they were in was really uh samurai driven uh it you know it it looked like something you would see in any uh uh, uh, samurai movie uh which i thought was amazing they did such a great job with uh with the fog and the just the aesthetics of of the city itself uh, was was very very well done, um, and again you know there are so many uh, references to other uh, other parts of the Star Wars universe 
uh, and I was very glad to see that. Um, if uh, if I had to pick any disappointments with it, uh, I was disappointed that we didn't get more action with Lang, uh, who was, uh, and I'm going to masquer Michael Michael Bian 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 Bian, who is a uh, well uh, well known actor uh and a big uh a big action movie uh guy oh yeah very uh, very well known for dying in every uh role he plays yeah but i mean it's normally more physical and i was surprised we didn't get a more physical character out of him being the actor that he is yeah. uh and uh the biggest disappointment to me uh, was when Ahsoka mentioned that I only knew of one of this race, and I'm pretty certain that she knew of Yaddle uh, as well. They were they were around this there at Maybe the same time. Maybe she never interacted with Yaddle. Uh, that's the only thing. I was just you know it it just I, seems. I thought like... of that too because I think. Uh, you know, Yaddle, the only time you ever saw Yaddle was during council meetings. So maybe she was reclusive and, and didn't really uh, interact with, with the Padawans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I know that, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure I saw a couple of uh, tweets from the uh, story group where they were kind of, uh, well, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, uh, hopefully we'll still be able to get, uh, you know, some justice for Yaddle in there somewhere. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, I would have loved to have seen that, you know, even included. I've only known a couple of, of this type, uh, you know, so, but, you know, what, you know, what can I say? Um, you know, not a whole lot of disappointments uh, in this episode. Yeah. Uh, was really really shocked uh, with the name drop of Thrawn, um, but yeah, it's uh, and I'm sure I'll get into some of the other surprises that I have uh, it, that are uh, going to be in these uh, in the Easter eggs. So another thing, I don't know if you'd call this an Easter egg or uh, or not, uh, but it, it was a bit of a surprise that uh, it, it, I was happy to hear that uh, I was just happy to hear them reference the planet Tython. Mm, yes. Um, uh, I you... first heard of that planet when I was playing uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMORPG. Mm-hmm. Um, so to hear that planet, uh, you know, basically taking something uh, very non-canon and making it canon uh i was uh i i was i was very happy about that mm -hmm. um and uh on that uh see if i can uh, find it in my notes that uh where i had it um uh, oh uh it was also mentioned in uh the dr afra comic book as oh, well it? so yeah they brought it back into canon in the uh 2019 dr afro comic book okay well um, i read that comic book and i don't remember it but now i'm gonna have to go back <laughs> and read. 
So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it was pretty cool that they referenced it, and uh, I used to play that game as well. So as soon as I heard it, I'm like, oh wow, that's that's cool. They're they're dipping back into their bag. But when I started doing some research, it's like, oh well, you know, they already brought it back in uh, Doctor Afra, which I haven't read as far as comic books yet. Have but. they brought Terrace into canon? Mm, does not sound familiar, so I'm not sure. Okay, because you know you know what that is. That's the that's the first planet you go to in the game. Uh, no, actually, well, you do you do go to the go to that planet in uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic, but you actually it's the first planet you visit in the uh, Knights of the Old Republic video game. Oh, it's been so long since I've played that game. Yeah, uh, I really don't remember much of the yeah. locales and stuff. But I have but it on my Xbox. Oh, so I'll have to play that to again. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see see that pop up. Um, awesome. Are you ready to move on to Easter eggs? Sure. Absolutely. So, well, of course, you know we got uh, Ahsoka. Uh, which uh, not necessarily an Easter egg, but um, how early that uh, they were in talks to do this uh, is, is pretty cool uh, and kind of Easter egg-ish. If you remember uh, when season one came out, there was a picture of uh, George Lucas and he was holding a uh, the baby Yoda or Grogu uh, puppet and you know and there's so many things oh it looks like a proud grandpa and and all this well just off of frame of that is rosario dawson dressed in full ahsoka attire and makeup and everything uh and so i thought that was cool that you know everyone made such a big deal about this photo but if they had only known what was off to the side uh, the, the everyone's collective minds would have popped at that point. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that was cool. But another thing of Ahsoka that we have is uh, in the Clone Wars, Ahsoka uh, befriended a um, uh, what do you call it? A uh, an owl, uh, a convoy owl, and while uh, Din Djarin is. Uh, looking for Ahsoka, uh, we uh, you can see an owl, uh, 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 or owl that's up in the trees. Uh, it's the same one, uh, that she had, but uh, it, uh, you know, and I believe that the character's name was Morai, uh, and who was a like a force sensitive being. Uh, as well in Rebels. Um, so don't know if that was exactly who that was uh, or what the owl was, but it was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, another uh, one was a recreated shot of when uh, Ahsoka is, uh, attacks Din Djarin at the very beginning uh, when he's using the scope. And he uh, spots the strange beasts that are off in the distance a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, when uh, when he turns around, Ahsoka is there, and it really reminded me a lot of 
uh, a scene in A New Hope when uh, Luke gets attacked by the Tusken Raiders because he's looking through his binoculars and says, yeah. uh, "It's a, they're sand people, all right. I can see banthas and gaffy sticks. And he turns around and there's the... the uh, the Tuscan Raider there and starts to attack him. So it was, uh, th- that was a cool callback, uh, that yeah. they have there. Um, they did mention order 66 a little bit, uh, you know, and the Jedi purge, um, you know, because that's, uh, where he was rescued from, uh, which I have, I'll have a theory, uh, on that as well. It's not my theory, but, uh, it's, uh, uh, a theory that I saw today, which uh, which would lend itself very well to uh, to the story. Uh, when um, uh, when Ahsoka is explaining uh, who the creature is, and she says that you know I've only uh, I've only known one other of this species, the music in the background changes, and you hear Yoda's theme. Yeah, and I, I was cool. like, "Wow, that that's you know a, what a way to uh, to stick to the details." Uh, and yeah, it, it was just so cool uh, to see that. Um, she also gives um, uh, Din Djarin a lesson in uh, what is the horse. And she repeats what Obi-Wan says in A New Hope, word for word. Uh, you know, energy field created by all living things. And, yeah. you know, and she says the whole thing, you know, uh, you know, word for word, just like he did, uh, which was pretty cool. Um, then uh, we have uh, her uh, uh, referencing... Uh, you know, uh, Anakin in his fall, uh, when she says that, uh, you know, I could tench, uh, you know, he's attached to you. Uh, you know, it, it makes him vulnerable to his fears and his anger. And which goes to, uh, you know, the Yoda's speech about, uh, about fear leading to anger. Uh, and then when, uh, you know, she's like, oh, I'm not going to train him, uh, you know, because of, you know, uh, this attachment. Uh, and um, oh, where'd it go? I, I, I had it now. My, my mind's going. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, when uh, she's like, uh, you know, I, I know what uh, what these attachments can do to someone. Uh, and it could lead to the, you know, uh, down a path uh, yeah. that even the best of us will uh, can uh, can fall. And just references uh, uh, the fall of Anakin Skywalker, um, which uh, w- which was something that was pretty uh, significant to me. Um, uh, there's also uh, the term uh, Din Djarin, I believe, uses the term. Uh, weapons as laser swords, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, which is which that made me chuckle a little bit. You know, uh, I don't think I've uh, we've heard that uh, since uh, Anakin says it on uh, in Phantom Menace when he uh, sees it from uh, Qui Gon. Uh, 
there is what looks to be a loath cat, uh, which it should to me should have been a, a clue on what was uh, going to happen uh, a little bit, you know, because uh, that we we see that in a Clone Wars and we see it in I believe we see it a little bit in Rebels as well. Um, you know, it's uh, so uh, that was a cool callback to see. Uh, you know, uh, to see that uh, there was a um, loath cat in the background. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, cool. Um, we already talked about Tython, uh, and that uh, you know it was uh, non-canon, and then they brought it back. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's about all I could think of as far as you know Easter eggs and things that I had written down. Uh, and we already talked about, uh, you know, Thrawn and what uh, his impact could be as well. So what else? Do, I, and, any other thoughts that you had on this episode, uh, you know, that you might want to include or? Um, you know, I just I, I wonder, are we going to get to see Tython this season? Um, we've got what, four uh, well, no, we've got three episodes left in the season. Uh, so, I mean, at some point, there's. I'm going to assume there's going to be a climactic confrontation with, with Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what's left for this season? Oh man. Um well I think the next episode that we're gonna get is um going to be uh more of the other characters uh and um Moff Gideon. Uh I think we're gonna get more Empire based uh episode probably for the next one to two. Uh I think that we get uh, Tython, get to Tython. Uh, at um, I think we'll get to it at the very last episode. Uh, and then we're going to have a big battle, and that's where things are going to change as we get ready for episode or Do you think uh, season we're three. Get more Cobb Vanth? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Not. Uh, honestly, I do. Uh, I, I just, I mean, this is just hypothetically speaking and, you know, I, I have no inside information or anything. Uh, I think we're going to the, at the end of the season two, the child will be in the hands of the Empire uh, or Moff Gideon or whoever has whoever's in charge at that point. Um, if we get uh, I'm thinking that Gideon will uh, will fall uh, in this one. I believe that uh, um, uh, Bo-Katan will get the Darksaber back. Uh, but I think Thrawn will 
come in and get Grogu uh, at the very end. Uh, and uh, Din Djarin will be defeated and he will uh, get assistance from uh, someone that uh, we won't really expect or would expect. Uh, and we see uh, Boba rescue or save Din Djarin at the very end of it. And uh, when we see him, like, I don't know, I almost see it, uh, you know, back on the Razor Crest, uh, you know, uh, we see Din Djarin in a heap and, uh, you know, this figure is putting on the Mandalorian uh, armor and, you know, he's like, you know, who are, and Din would say, you know, something like, well, who are you? As he puts the helmet on, he'll look at him and say, you know, Boba Fett or whatever, and that'll be the end of the uh, the season. Or so, he won't even say uh, anything. He'll just put the armor on, and that'll be the last scene. Cut to black. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So uh, that's that's where I think it's going to go. Uh, you know, uh, uh, hopefully I'm wrong, and uh, just uh, you know, because I love being wrong about a lot of my theories, because it's always fun to come up with uh, with new ones. You know, and yeah. I, I was talking about that uh, earlier today. Um, with uh, JG uh, Cars, uh, that uh, hey, half the fun of coming up with wacky and wild theories is when you're proved wrong, you go back to the drawing board and you start over again. Yeah. So, uh, and that will actually uh, lead me to a uh, you know to another thing for that we we're talking about uh, as far as how this is all interconnected. Uh, there's another show that's coming out. Uh, on Disney Plus called The Bad Batch, which we've talked about. Yeah. And I would not be surprised, and JG had this thought, uh, so all the credit goes to him, uh, that if we see Grogu get rescued by The Bad Batch in this in their series that they have coming up... Uh, and once he once he said that, I was like, oh, wow. You know, my mind started, uh, you know, going a mile a minute on how that they're going to do this and, and, and make it work. And uh, I, I think that we'll actually get an animated Grogu uh, in the Bad Batch because I believe that's going to be animated as well. Uh, so, yeah, and that will help tie things along. Uh and I, I brought up the point that, uh, you know, we have uh, there's a new addition over on Disney plus Star Wars side. And that's Kevin Feige, if I pronounce that right. Yeah. Uh, and look what he did with Marvel. With all the movies that they have, with the TV shows that they have and their interconnectivity, you know, they starting with Iron Man and then going back to Captain America and however, which order you want to watch it, you get bits and pieces and clues of how things are going, whether it's post credit scenes or uh, just things that they mention. And it's all interconnected and woven together in a fantastic pattern. And now he's over with, uh, uh, with uh, Lucas 
uh, Lucas Films and helping them, I could see uh, there's going to be no telling how many different connections that they'll be able to make with Rebels and the uh, you know the mainstream movies and uh, Disney, any Disney Plus show that they're going to have, and whether it's live action or animated, uh, they're all going to interconnect, and it's going to be absolutely wonderful. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see his fingers uh, in that universe. Um, imagine him and Filoni and Favreau all getting together and planning out this massive uh, television universe. Ah, oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. Um. So I don't have anything else to mention. Uh, next episode, of course, we'll be recapping Chapter 14, which will come out this Friday. Um, we do still have our top five list of the week to go through. We're going to be talking about our favorite Star Wars novels, uh, specifically from the new canon. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we jump into that, of course, we have our last musical interlude of the evening. Um, this is, uh, from a band, uh, out of Tulsa, Oklahoma called the Normandies. Uh, we, we played a song from them much earlier in our history, uh, as a podcast. Uh, but this is another one from an album they put out last year called Co-Conspirators of Greater Evils. And the song is Let Me Believe.
right. That was Let Me Believe by the Normandies. So that brings us to our top five list of the episode. Uh, before we get into ours, we, I wanted to list a few. Uh, we, we put it out there on Twitter and, and Facebook of, uh, you know, get your, your responses um, of what your favorite books are uh, of the new canon. And uh, my goodness, uh, I did not expect the kind of response that we got. Uh, yeah. It was crazy. So I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on a few highlights here. Um, our, our friend, uh, and, and Uber fan, a rural farm boy, uh, said his favorite is the, the new, a certain point of view, uh, the empire strikes back book. Um, the guys over at conversations, uh, said their favorite is master and apprentice. Um, we had one from, uh, Duchess of dark saber light. Uh, who has a podcast, uh, a fairly new podcast out. Uh, her favorites are Master and Apprentice and Dark Disciple. Um, a friend of mine, this came from uh, Facebook. This is a guy that I actually play the uh, Fantasy Flight role-playing game with. Uh, his name is Chris. Uh, he he gave us an actual top five. His five were Ahsoka, uh Number two and number three are the A Certain Point of View books. Uh, number four is actually a trade paperback uh, called Vader Down. Uh, and then number five of his was uh, Aftermath. Uh, the girls over at Force of Light Entertainment uh, listed their favorites as Lost Stars and Bloodline. Uh, Becca from the podcast Tarkin's Top Shelf uh, listed A New Dawn, Bloodline, Master and Apprentice, Force Collector, Shadowfall, and Thrawn Alliances. Um, and then another podcast, uh, Outer Rim Reads, uh, another book-based podcast, listed Thrawn, Master and Apprentice, Chaos, Chaos Rising, uh, uh, Thrawn Treason, and Queen Shadow. Um the rest of them, we, we were just so overwhelmed with responses. We can't, we can't, we can't in any way fathom listing them all. So what I did is I compiled uh, the list of uh, books that they uh, shouted out with, and uh, the top, uh, uh, the top. I, I don't want to say vote getters, but the uh, the ones that showed up more often than any of them. Uh, were Lost Stars, Bloodline, Master and Apprentice, and Dark Disciple. Uh, and and a couple of uh, a couple of uh, honorary mentions to uh, Dooku Jedi Lost and Leia Princess of Alteron. Uh, they got some some good uh, good number of votes as well, but. Um, but yeah, thanks for everybody who responded to that. Uh, hopefully you can, uh, you know, when we do our next top five list, uh, you guys can get engaged on that one and, 
yeah, I'll see what kind of response we can get next next week because this one was was outstanding. Uh, how many people responded to this one? A lot of lot of a uh, lot of Star Wars novel lovers out there. Um, yeah, and that that was that, that was pretty cool uh, when we first put it out there. Uh, it, like the first day, you know, we had a couple of responses and. You know, it, I was like, well, man, we're not really, you know, we're going to have to uh, really go at this one alone. Uh, but then it started picking up steam and, you know, you and I were like, wow, you know, look at all these comments. Oh, wow. Hey, look, you know, it's up to here now. And it, it, it's great. Uh, the whole reason why we uh, talk about Star Wars is one, that we love it. And two is uh, we love the interaction that we have with other Star Wars fans. So. Uh, you guys keep that up. If when we post for uh, you know uh, questions, you know, hey, what top five would you like to see? Or if we come up with one and say, you know, uh, which uh, you know, what are yours out of this that we're going to discuss? You know, give your input, uh, any questions, comments that you have for us. Let us know. Uh, we'll try to get to uh, as many of them as we can. So, but yeah, it, it was great. Uh, you know, humbled by the response. Uh, you know, uh, thanks to everyone who. Uh, supplied a, a response to our question. That leaves us to uh, our own number five list. Uh, these are our top five Star Wars novels uh, of the new camp. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and start us off? All right. My number five is... Dooku Jedi Lost by Kevin Scott. Okay. This, yeah, it, uh, the way it was, is told, uh, is more, it's a different style. And I really appreciated that. Um, I actually, uh, had a question, uh, to, uh, Kevin Scott about it. Uh, and, uh, he just, he always loved the old radio dramas. And so that's the way that he went about, uh, you know, uh, constructing this novel uh, was in that vein. Uh, and it's so unique and it was such a good story. The way that you get to look in depth of uh, that character uh, that, uh, you know, had preceded Anakin Skywalker in a fall. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it was really, really cool way to, to do it and great insight into that character. Great. Um, I haven't, I haven't read the whole thing. I started it out as an audio book and, uh, I, I never finished it. Uh, it's, it's on my list of, of books to, uh, either listen to or read, uh, at least finish. Um, I've got a number five, but I, I think I'm going to also include an honorable mention because, uh, all things being equal, this could have ended up being my number five. I don't know why it didn't end up in my top five list now that I'm thinking about it, but, uh, so, so you could almost call it a tie for number five. Uh, so the honorable mention goes to Rebel Rising uh, by Beth Revis. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's a, it's a kind of a, a prequel, if you will, to Rogue One. Um, so that was a good one. 
my number five is actually I, I couldn't pick one out of the bunch. Uh, so I picked it as a series, and, and that would be the Aftermath series. Oh, okay. Uh, by Chuck Wendig. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that one that one ended up being my number five. Um, I really liked the characters in this book. Um, and I really like how it connected to, uh, the original trilogy, uh, and, and kind of brought us closer to the idea of, of where the, the first order came from, mm-hmm. uh, as did another book, which I, I'm sure we will talk about, uh, here in a little bit, uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that one, that one I put in as, as my, uh, as my number five. Uh, so what is your number four? My number four, uh, was written by a, uh, fellow New Mexico resident, uh, Rebecca Roanhorse and her book Resistance Reborn. Okay. Yeah. She did a very, uh, very good job with, uh, bringing us forward and uh, setting the table uh, for the events that were uh, getting ready to uh, to come. Uh, I, I really liked uh, her character perspectives in it uh, and loved her writing style. Uh, in fact, uh, I uh, need to order uh, her newest one. It's not Star Wars related, but it's called Black Sun, and it looks... Uh, looks absolutely fantastic. So, uh, number four, Resistance Reborn. Okay, um, interesting. That that's another one that I haven't read. Um, not surprising. There, there's actually quite a few that I haven't read, uh, but really need to get to. Um, number four in my list is written by Timothy Zahn, uh, and that is the book Thrawn. Um, not the series because I haven't finished that series. Uh, this is just the, the Thrawn, uh, you know, the first one in the new Mm -hmm. trilogy. Um, I really liked, uh, how, you know, Thrawn was portrayed and, and gave us some insight into where he got, uh, you know, how he got to where he was in, uh, in Rebels, um, and gave us a little bit more background on a very fascinating character. Uh, I also read the graphic novel interpretation of this book, uh, and and it there wasn't a whole lot off the top of my head that was left out as far as uh, major plot points. Um, but you definitely. Uh, you know, the, the book itself, the novel is definitely the way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that brings us to my number three, my number three, which is one that appeared on many of, uh, our, uh, uh, lists that people sent in bloodline by Claudia gray. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, it's a great, uh, 
a, a great way to tell a story uh, when you have uh, a character such as Leia uh, who has uh, possibly uh, the most hated father uh, or one of the most hated fathers in, in the uh, universe and how do you deal with that and yeah. you know what kind of repercussions that you know could you possibly face uh i thought she did a great job with that uh so yeah uh that was my number three bloodline by claudia gray that was great i really liked how that told the story of the origin of the resistance mm-hmm. and uh and why the resistance was not part of the republic more or less yes uh yeah i really yeah. like that uh my number three was another uh, Rogue One prequel uh, written by James Luceno called Catalyst. Ah, yes. Uh, that was really good. You know, that one was uh, pre-Rebel Rising. You know, this one was uh, mm-hmm. before the uh, Ursos had met Saw Gerrera. And uh, it talks about their relationship, how they got together. Uh, how he came to be in the Empire Service, uh, his relationship with uh, Director Krennic. Um, yeah, just just a really good uh, background to the Urso family. Yeah, I haven't read that one yet. Uh, that, that's on my list of ones to uh, to grab and listen to or to uh, read eventually. Yeah, I've got a lot on my list. so that brings me to my number two pick and uh, similar to you i picked a series uh but my series is the thrawn series by timothy zahn okay uh i have read all those three the uh it's uh thrawn thrawn uh allegiance and thrawn uh thrawn treason um and I just I love the character. Uh, I going back to the was it 1991 through 93 uh, extended universe series that Timothy Zahn wrote. Uh, I believe it was uh, Heir to the Empire. Um, oh, let's see. Uh, Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and I think it was Last Command. Uh, yeah. Then they fo- he followed it up with uh, Spectre of the Past and Visions of the Future. Uh, yeah, and I really enjoyed that character then. So I was, uh, you know, kind of disappointed when it went to the EU, but was uh, again happy when uh, he reprised the character and brought him back into new canon. Uh, Timothy Zahn is, uh, is a really good, uh, sci-fi writer, uh, and I, I really liked his take on Thrawn in the, in this one. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so let's see, where are we at? We're at number two. Number two. Okay. Uh, my number two was in your list earlier, and that was uh, Claudia Gray's Bloodline. Mm. Um, yeah, we had 
talked about that quite a bit. I, I really liked uh, the characters in that book, uh, and I background of where the resistance came from and just the whole uh, political aspect of that book I really enjoyed. Mm, yes. Very well done. So that I'm brings me to curious. No- I'm curious as oh, to whether okay. <laughs> our number ones are the same. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to guess probably not. Okay. But you never know. You never know. My number one uh, was also written by Claudia Gray. <laughs> and that is Lost Stars. Okay. You were wrong. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> you guessed wrong. <laughs> My number one is also Lost Stars. When when I first picked it up, uh, I, I wasn't sure what to expect. It was one of the uh, first new canon novels that I, I had uh, picked up and really uh, sunk my teeth into. So I thought, you know, I'll just give it a I'll give it a shot and see how it goes. I kind of got away from reading. Uh, Star Wars in general uh, after the uh, EU split and I just I started reading and next thing I know uh, you know I I look up and quarter of the book is gone several hours have passed by and (laughs) I just was already invested in these two main characters and where they were going to go and I think it took me two days to finish the book. Uh, it, it, it just sucked me in. I didn't want to put it down uh, for, for anything. Uh, it, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it, it was amazing. Yeah. Same here. I didn't want to put it down. Uh, I think it may have taken me three days. Uh, but yeah, I just, you said it all, man. It was just hard not to be invested in those characters' lives and that book in general. And uh, Claudia Gray really knocked it out of the park on that one. Uh, really great, uh, really great story. Um, you know, there's actually a uh, a manga slash graphic novel version of, of that story. Oh, really? Um, I saw it at my library um, about a month ago, I want to say. It was uh, it was um, there it's like a three parter. There's there's you know there's three three books in the in the manga series. Uh, but the ones that I saw at the library were two and three. So I didn't mm-hmm. want to. I didn't want to pick it up because I want to read the first one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, so that was um, that was a really great book. There's, yeah. there's not any other way to to describe that. Um, not much. So, not yeah. much else you can really say. Uh, well, and, to- and, and you know the the. The responses that we got uh, from our uh, from our, I guess you can call it a poll, or just from our question, you know, um, mm-hmm. 
they definitely um definitely a lot of people out there that agree with us <laughs> yeah uh today on twitter i uh i posted a uh a message it said uh there's uh two things that uh, most star wars fans want and hashtag make solo two happen and hashtag make lost stars two happen oh yeah and i, saw I tagged yeah. I, I tagged claudia gray in it and i haven't heard back not that i necessarily would but um it, you know it's always uh, fun when uh when someone that uh, that you tag in there responds to it, uh, so I'm still hopeful. Um, I have uh, in the past gotten a, a couple of comments from her uh, and Kevin Scott as well. Um, so uh, hope hopefully we'll, uh, we'll we'll be able to get a Lost Stars too. I would love to see uh, the further adventures of these characters and see where it goes from there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, that brings us to the end of our top five list, uh, which brings us closer to the end of another episode. Um, I think you had a couple of things that you wanted to mention before we called it a night. Uh, yeah, uh, I have, uh, I'm actually working on a, uh, a project, um, that, uh, just started forming yesterday, uh, and I have a couple of people that are uh, helping me with that. Uh, so uh, I'd like to say uh, thank you to uh, Mr. Cam Ray uh, and uh, Nicole from uh, Peace, Love, and Star Wars. Uh, man, it's going to be fun uh, working on this uh, super secret project and. Uh, hopefully everyone will uh, be in for a treat uh, once it's accomplished. And that's all the hints I'm going to give on that. Super secret project. Okay. Hmm. All righty. Any any, uh, shout-outs to any particular podcasts you've got uh, for us today? Um, no, no, not, not, uh, not today. I mean, I have a, uh, um, a recording tomorrow with, uh, Peace, Love, and Star Wars. Uh, and then I'm finishing up a, uh, what is the, uh, uh, what is the force as a religion, uh, that I hope to put out soon. And I believe, uh, uh, Curse on uh, Radio Underground is going to be on that with me as well. So, um, when, once I get that and send it over to him, so uh, that's something that I have uh, coming up, uh, and then uh, and then of course recording with you. Great. Um, I, I've got uh, I've got one shout out to uh, the guys over at uh, From a Certain Point of View. Uh, they recently teamed up and did a uh, did a podcast episode with uh, Dave and Liz from Pizza and Parsecs. Uh, that was episode fifty six, uh, so you should be able to catch that wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, really good episode there from from uh, two really good podcasts, kind of joining forces. Um, we actually 
uh, have on schedule um, part of the Red 5 Missions uh, series. We're going to be teaming up with the guys from a certain point of view uh, to talk about um, Legends, uh, stuff we'd like to see brought out of Legends. Uh, I oh, think nice. that's the topic that we. I think that's the topic that we decided on. Um, so yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good once we get that in there, and we'll be sure to uh, let you know when that one happens. Um, but that is uh, that is all we've got uh, for the night. Um, so thanks for listening. Uh, this was episode number twenty-seven of Rogue One Radio, and um, hope that you come back and listen to the next episode. Um, But that is it for us. This is Rogue One Radio signing off.